Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Buy a Try It Tonight. Today, I'm your host, Brennan, news editor here at Game Luster. To my left, we have the lovely Haley, who is our uh, social community manager. Haley, say hello. Oh, hi. Hello. And to my right, we have the ever-dashing Mike. Hello. Writer here. Hey, Mike. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. I just had uh, cheeseburgers. It was good. That, wow. That's that's great. You asked how I was doing. Of course, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. I have some cheeseburgers. They're delicious. <laughs> were they were they good? Yeah, they were yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Right on. So, today, thought we'd sit down and cover the games that we talked about last month. So, initially, we spoke about Close to the Sun, which is the single-player first-person shooter developed by Storm in a Teacup. And that was the Bioshock kind of-esque game. Um, and uh, so, the meta score is sitting at a 65 with a user score of 5.0. Um, how do we how do we feel about that? Do, you, do we think that that's stacked up to what we were thinking about last time? Um, no, because last time I was a try it and looking at these reviews, I'm kind of not wanting to play it much now. Yeah, you know, I didn't even really. I don't even know if I actually read any of the reviews for Close to the Sun, um, because like I I feel like I barely even heard anyone talking about it. Like, yeah, uh, they very much got overshadowed by the other two releases that we were talking about: um, Rage Two and A Plague Tale. Rage Two is the first-person shooter developed by Avalanche Studios and its software, and published by Bethesda. It was released on May 14th and is sitting at a Metacritic score of 67, which I believe is lower than the actual Metacritic score of the first game, and has a user score of 5.8. And I actually read reviews on this one, and a lot of people were just pretty much saying that it was similar to the first one, and that it was really kind of generic and not really much to do. Um, and, you know, we touched on that. And, the last episode talking about an open world you know if you if you have an open world you should have meaningful progression in that open world otherwise what's the point it might as well just be a linear set piece um yeah i don't know i think that kind of did around I, i'm a little disappointed i kind of figured that they would have you know learned from last time but yeah whatever yeah i kind of thought this game was gonna be a lot better than it seems to be yeah, which is a shame, too, because I was real excited for id Software, you know, being the focus of the shooting. Like, that was one thing that I had read, though, is that the gun and the gunplay of the game was pretty tight. Um, but just everything else was abysmal, especially, like, the vehicle driving. I remember hearing that the vehicle driving was just not good at all. And, again, in an open-world game... <laughs> If your transportation between point B and point A is not good, then what's the point? And finally, we have A Plague Tale, the single-player action-adventure puzzle game made by Azobo Studio. came out also on May 14th, and is sitting at a Metacritic score of 81 
the user score of 8.6. So this is clearly the, um, the, the, the hidden gem of last month. Um, a lot of people seem to like this one. Even um, I watch a bit of Jim Sterling, who I feel like is super negative all the time, which is fine. But he really enjoyed this game, and I was kind of blown away that he just didn't kind of shit on it the whole time. Um, which I feel like he does for most games, but he was going off about how like how the characters felt genuine, how the interactions between them felt cool, and uh, how massively scary the rats were. Um, which again, still I can't even find myself watching a trailer without getting the shivers. So they must have done something right with the rats, I guess. Going back quickly to Close to the Sun, IGN calls it a great walking simulator, and <laughs> I, I, I gotta say that's not what I expected that game to be at all. Like, it, it's completely different from oh, what I had in mind. Like, I thought it was going to be more like, have more combat like Bioshock, and actually be something a little bit more than, like, a, a walking simulator. So, like, I'm extremely just, like, caught off guard by that, and that's kind of, like, disappointing, because I'm like, I don't want to pay however much that is for a walking simulator. If I want to do that, I'll just go play Sims and walk around in Sims. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true. Like, I'm just gonna go walk around in Sims. At least that will be more interesting. Um, but I still like the art style, and the story seems interesting. So maybe if it ever goes on sale for like two dollars, eh? Um, anyway, uh, Rage Two. I don't really care about that game, so I don't really have any feelings on that. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but it's it's not my style of game. Um, but apparently, a lot of people will say that combat's pretty good. The shooting aspect of it is pretty sweet. But, for a Plague Tale, holy balls. I saw the <laughs> ending because I was too... I couldn't be bothered to like actually watch it all the way through. And that ending was like, wow. Absolutely. Wait, really? Like, yeah. Like, I was like... I should have actually like watched it all the way through because that story seems extremely interesting and just not what I had in mind at all for the game. Yeah, for me, A Plague Tale was kind of the surprise game of last month. Um, I was really thinking Rage 2 was going to probably be the best game of last month, but it looks like A Plague Tale is probably taking that title. Yeah, I was not. I'm in the same boat as you guys. I feel like I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I feel like the only thing that I was maybe expecting was the whole close to the sun being considered what Haley called a walking simulator. Because, you know, once we all kind of found out that there was no combat in the game, it was like, all right, so are there puzzles? Like, what else? What else can we do here? Um, yeah, like, some people said the puzzles are too easy, and I'm just like, well, if you're gonna be an all-puzzle game, you need to make your puzzles hard, or you need to have something else that will offset the easiness, like, some simple sort of combat 
to give it something else, and it's just like now it's just I'm basically just walking. It's like okay, great. It's either that, like there either has to be something else for you to do, which I feel like I just should go without saying, or your narrative has to be insane. Like, yeah. look at games like Firewatch. You know that game is entirely a walking simulator. It's basically a hiking simulator. But the interactions that you have between um, the the woman on the radio and the character that you play as, apparently, like they're I've never played the game, but apparently, like their bond and interactions that they have makes the game worth it, despite it just being a walking simulator. And that game is extremely beautiful too. Like yeah, 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 it is. The color palette that they've used and the textures on everything, it's just. It's gorgeous and it's breathtaking and it's like wow, like I could literally just walk around in that game for hours and just get lost in the world. But like that you you need to have some sort of aspects in a walking simulator that don't make it just boring. It's like what what did I just spend my money on just to walk around do absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. That's kind of a shame. Because it did really look like Bioshock, you know, like I guess I'm kind of, after Infinite, you know, it's been a while since there's been anything kind of Bioshock-y, you know, I mean, even System Shock, I mean, that's that's even older, but, like, I feel like there's, there hasn't really been anything to fill that kind of sci-fi, FPS, like, crazy-ass shooter thing yeah, that Bioshock is. Like, that's kind of disappointing, because I love the stories behind Bioshock. They're so twisted and different. And I like that retro, but also like a super futuristic feel that I get from the games. Mm. And I, I haven't found anything like it. And that's disappointing because I really like exploring those worlds. Um, and, and the people that are within them. So it would be great if, you know, another game could come out like it. But I feel like nobody really wants to be a Bioshock reboot. Yeah. Um, that's kind of difficult. Because, I mean, like, even these people, you know, that they said that they had taken... Or they'd been compared to Bioshock... And they, I remember them saying like they were humbled by that, but there really is no, no connection other than, I guess, like the Art Deco style that you were talking about before, like just the architecture and the way that, I guess it was shot within the atmosphere. But other than that, though, it's not Bioshock at all. And I'm upset. <laughs> I wanted my plasmids, dude. I wanted my Nikola Tesla plasmids. Teslas, dude. That's a, that's a missed opportunity. Just jamming just yourself. Teslas. Yeah, right? Like, what are your power-ups? My Teslas. My fire Tesla. Psh, fireball. I don't know. Wow. Shit, man. Someone should hire me to come up with better ideas than walking simulator. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a monkey on a typewriter. Speaking of typewriters, just kidding. That was the worst transition ever. I don't know how anyway. to do transitions. Um, so... Back to A Plague Tale, though. Not yet. I still think the rat animation is weird. Um, 
but it's it's yeah, like, you mentioned that last time yeah yeah it's like i don't know it's strange there i i still think it's fucking weird as hell but it's a gorgeous <laughs> game i watched the rad brad play the ending of it you know cuz i have no chill and it's just really pretty it's gorgeous do you think um do you think that the, uh, this might be a difficult question to answer, but do you think that there was any kind of improvement with the rat animations? Because like when we were watching that stuff for last month's episode, I guess that gameplay footage was kind of like an earlier build. So like when you when you were watching, do you think that you noticed any kind of change? I mean, like I get that they're really small, but anything? Kind. I feel like they definitely moved a little bit more fluid, and they didn't pile up. Um as weird as they did before but at the same exact time like it they still kind of moved funny but i expected that because there's how many rats that they've animated on the screen at one time probably a hundred or a thousand or even more so Hmm. getting them all to work cohesively in the way that you want them to i understand that it's not going to look the cleanest on screen. But I feel like it definitely looked a lot nicer in the final build than it did before. Hmm. That's good, at least. I mean, yeah, because I, I remember us talking about, like, the circle around the character, like, how it was yeah. almost a perfect circle of rats, or, like, empty space between her, the character, and the rats. And, yeah, I think when I was watching review stuff, I don't I I, w- I remember trying to like look for for improvements in the rat animations and just like how they moved and I like I don't re- I I don't remember anything like catching my eye but um that's good though that they improved that because yeah I mean it was it was kind of jarring at points and like especially when you had like four or five rats clip into each other it was like yeah this looks cool but can you not have them clip yeah Kind of, in the first, like, early build, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, World War Z, but, like, in the movie World War Z, all these zombies, like, climb on top of each other to basically build oh, a giant right. bridge, like, on a wall, and that's basically what it reminded me of, except it just looked really poorly. Oh my god, could you imagine if that was actually, like, a mechanic, though? Like, over time, the rats got smarter, and they would, like get on top of each other to bridge closer. Ah, oh, that's insane. Oh my god. Can you not give me nightmares? Oh <laughs> man. You know, like, you go the whole game with, like, them not being able to touch you with around fire, and then at the very end, like, they realize holy shit, fire's not actually that bad, and then they just start attacking you. Like, that would that would scare the shit out of me. That would just be the... That would just be horror incarnated. Like, oh my god. I, I need to go back and watch the full game because from what I'm not like trying to spoil the ending for anyone, but the ending was really interesting and I don't being I didn't watch like the beginning, I don't know like the full story. So like it makes me mad because I'm just like, wow, like this is actually cooler and uh, neater than what I actually thought it would be. Hmm. Should we should we change our podcast to buy it, try it, and watch it? <laughs> yeah, basically. 
<laughs> watch it on YouTube. <laughs> watch it and then possibly purchase it. I like that. <laughs> you're Good Lord. you're thinking, are, are thinking with your wallet. Title's already long enough. But yeah, it, it looks like a cool game. Um I'm happy that it, it's getting all the all the positive reviews it has because this is a game that like I said last month, I probably said something along the lines of this, but like this didn't like I, I felt like this game would flop. Or at least like be okay. I didn't think it would get this much attention and do as well as it has. So I'm really happy for the studio and I'm quite curious to know what else they come out with because if they're telling an interesting story like this God only knows what else they could come up with so I'm really curious and I hope that their next one as long as it's not a Plague Tale Part 2 I'm really excited for their next one and whatever their next one is I might actually pick it up and play it I've never heard of these guys before but I feel like Zobo Games is going to be a name that people should probably pay attention to in the near future, especially with E3 coming up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Speaking of games that are rather massive, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of the show Rick and Morty, right? Made by Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, I remember that whole thing about the sauce. What was that whole thing? Like? Ah, yes. From McDonald's? The, 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 Szech, the Szechuan sauce, yes. Good lord, I hope they never bring that back. Yeah, let's not talk about that. People were real assholes <laughs> to, to McDonald's employees, and I know we were ranking on McDonald's before, but don't, don't be an asshole to fast food workers. Or just anyone. Don't be an asshole. Period. Okay? Yeah. I'm not your mom. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Anyway, so Justin Roiland is actually part of uh, a game developer and publisher called Squanch Games, and they came out with Trover Saves the Universe. No, it's coming out. Fuck. I am so dumb. Could have just rolled with it. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Yeah, so Justin, Just, Justin Roiland, Squanch Games, comes out with Trover Saves the Universe which is coming out on uh, June 4th for the PC and PS4. Trover Saves the Universe is an action platformer, which basically has you in the seat of a... I forget what the, they, they name the race, but um, you're basically a part of a race of people that are stuck in chairs for your whole life. And you have this guy, Trover, who is voiced by Justin Ryland, be your little companion who you help control and. You basically try to get back your two dogs. You have two dogs in the beginning that were stolen by Glorikon, this big monster guy, and takes the two dogs and puts them into his eye holes. So you have to try to get your dog back. And it's it's real weird. It's real weird. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, Honestly, oh. No, go ahead. When I first saw this, I was like, this is so Rick and Morty. And then I saw it was the guys that did Rick and Morty. I was like, oh shit, no wonder. <laughs> so IGN calls this a short, sweet action platformer with one of the most ridiculous stories. And I just saw an ad that said it's 30 fucking dollars. And now I'm just like, 
How fucking <laughs> short is this to make me want to spend 30 goddamn dollars? Yeah. Um, uh, just a quick thing on that, though. Um, like, a, they had mentioned how... Um, so, like, Trevor Saves the Universe is $30 MSRP right now. And they were originally going to... Um, they were originally going to, like, cut back that price after some time and then sell extra stuff like DLC a la carte. Um, but they'd recently came back and said, we're going to keep the game at full price for longer, but give away content for free. So that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but like though you're totally right right now, I think it's sitting at like a anywhere from three to maybe five hours of runtime. And for a $30 game, that's really not a lot. Yeah. Like this looks really cool. And I think I'd have a lot of fun playing it because like, their accounting and accounting plus games are really cool, but I don't have a VR headset um, to play them. But, like, $30, like, I can get a game that's going to last me 12, 15, 20 or so hours on sale for that price. So yeah, really. It, it's just like, uh, 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 like, it looks cool. <laughs> I might not get it until it goes on sale. I think your point about it being. Like, not having a VR headset, though, is kind of key. Because, like, they advertise it that you can play it on, you know, TV, monitor, VR headset. But in a lot of the, in a lot of the stuff that I'd, that I'd read kind of talks about how it's not... It loses some charm when you take off the VR. Um, because... A lot of the plot, and again, it's not really much of a plot, but like I started off by saying that you're a person stuck in a chair, like that's your race, right? But that's supposed to be an analogy for you sitting in your VR headset. You know, you control Trover with a, your character controls Trover with a controller as you are controlling your character with a controller. It's real weird, but if you take out the VR headset, it's almost like, why am I playing as a guy who's stuck in a chair who can't move? You know, and it loses some of that charm. And that's kind of unfortunate because it seems really cool, but VR is not a mainstream thing yet, you know? Yeah, and it's still, like, super dumb expensive. So, I, I like when interesting games come out for VR, but being that I don't have VR, nine times out of ten, I just watch them on YouTube because I don't have a VR headset. So, I like that they're making this one, like, you can play it on PS4 and your PC, too. So, it, it's nice for the people who don't have that VR available to them. Hmm, yeah. Like, the one thing I'm... Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like, they still get to join in on the action. And... I completely, like, get how it's going to lose its touch, but at the same exact time, like, it's still the same game. But the only thing you're yeah, losing yeah, is, like, true. that immersion of having it, like, in your, like, burned into your eyeballs. Totally true. Totally true. Yeah. I, I, get my, I guess my biggest hesitation, and I don't even really know if this is a warranted hesitation, but... I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of Rick and Morty and Justin Roiland is a really big part obviously but Dan Harmon the other co-creator is also a very extremely important part to the show like he writes a lot of it as well as Justin Roiland and so 
I guess I'm a bit hesitant of Justin doing stuff on his own. Like, and I know that sounds weird because he's obviously a very funny guy, uh, I I would say. Um, And his tone, the way he like portrays his characters, I think is very humorous. But at the same time, I'm wondering like, is this going to actually be as funny as Rick and Morty? Like, is this just Rick and Morty light for, for, for people in a way? You know, I I don't because like the thing is though is that Rick and Morty is is funny, but it doesn't like curse at your face the whole time. But when I was watching this trailer, there were just like beeps and bloops out everyone's ass, and I was like, okay, this is funny, but it's not exactly like the most clever writing ever. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of blunt. I'm gonna say the f word, and hopefully you laugh. You know, it's what. That was at least what I got from some of the trailers and from some of the gameplay that I watched. Like, it was funny on paper, but it wasn't clever. It was just kind of stupid funny. You know what I mean? I feel like... Like, I definitely get what you're saying, but at the same exact time, like, I feel like we need to kind of, like, separate, like, Rick and Morty from this game. Because while it might still have that same style and, like, same sense of humor, they are two completely different things Mm. um and while like it still has that writer there it's it's going to be different and i feel like people comparing these games to rick and morty i don't necessarily think it's fair because dan isn't there as well so you're not going to get that same like style of uh, humor or maybe that same wacky story or whatever it is that they bring together. You're only getting half of that, but in a different way, if that, like, makes sense. It does. It does. So, like... Mike, how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, Mike, how you feel? Well, sorry, I, I, I didn't totally mean to just cut you off. I just no, fucking wanted Mike. I just... Mike has been um, really silent, so... Talk. Well, because I'm thinking. <laughs> That's cool. Um... Yeah, I was thinking and I was looking at this game. <laughs> and it's just, it's really hard to separate it from Rick and Morty. Yeah, right. It's like got, It's got that just, that style that Rick and Morty has. It's, you know, this game carries that as well. Which, when I was watching the trailer, that's when I was just like, this is Rick and Morty, but you're playing as aliens. Exactly. And like... So for me, it was like, I was having a lot, I almost... um I was thinking of buying it just because I love Rick and Morty, and, you know, this is a Rick and Morty, almost, you know, like a Rick and Morty kind of spiritual successor kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, and even, like, it, touching a bit on the gameplay, you know, it's, it's an action platformer, right? So, like, there's, there's action bits, there's puzzle bits, there's platforming bits, um, and there's different, like, there's different upgrades that you can do to your chair guy like you can move the camera up and down and like have it be on the ground level with trover you can have it high up and like you have to you can sometimes use that as like puzzles for teleporting pads like maybe sometimes there's a wall covering it so you make your chair hover and go higher and go over that um i think that those kind of 3d puzzle elements make it definitely more interesting despite the overall gameplay being kind of simple, you know, just going from, like, simple combat bits to maybe, like, a simple little puzzle. But 
I think that you know if if it can combine those elements or at least highlight certain things about them, I think that that would be kind of cool because you know they even uh, one of the reviews that I read talks about how the combat is really simple at first, but then you know, eventually over time you your character learns how to dodge roll, do heavy attacks and stuff. So it's one of those things where it's like at first it might be really slow, but once you get through it, it starts to come alive, which is interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not really sure how I feel about this one, like at all. You know, I want to like it, but at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of pricey. It's kind of short, and it doesn't have Dan Harmon. <laughs> yeah, the pricey and short is kind of what's keeping me from really saying I want to buy this game. Yeah, and like, and you know, like Haley said, I, I would even, I would watch it, but at that point of like, I feel like this was almost even advertised as like there was even okay so i know Haley said before it's not fair to compare them but there was an ad there was an ad for this game that was in rick and morty like rick and morty are watching tv and they see an ad for this game so for me to like separate them is really difficult once that happens too you know it's like you're even like the font the title font for Trevor Saves the Universe is strikingly similar to Rick and Morty's font, just like the title card. I understand it's it's unfair, but man, it's difficult. They're not making it easy for me. Yeah, because they're also sort of advertising it like from the guys of Rick and Morty. Yeah, exactly. So it's so- like even they're aware that, you know, people are going to want to buy this game because it's something like Rick and Morty. And I'm and that's like like I'm surprised about that because it's not from the two men that made Rick and Morty, it's only from one. And I understand like they want to capitalize on that group of people. But at the same exact time, like if people get disappointed that this game isn't funny, like that that's why I don't think it's necessarily fair. Just because it's it's only one guy and not both. So, like, I don't want people to go and thinking, like, oh, it's both of them, and this is going to be hilarious, and then if they come out not liking it, they're like, well, you know, like, what the fuck? And yeah. It's like, well, it was only one guy, not both. So you only have, like, that half that makes Rick and Morty, but at the same exact time, like, this is a game, that's a TV show. So, I, it, it's just... It's probably in some way, somehow, it's probably in that universe. God only knows. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Let's see, we'll see. If if Trevor, if, oh Trevor, if Trevor doesn't make <laughs> some kind of cameo in this new season that's coming out at the end of the year, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I feel like that's just prime opportunity right there. I think it will be fun. I don't think it's something I'm going to buy right away just because it is a little expensive um but i'll definitely watch a playthrough of it just because i found um the game theorist matt pat um he's talked about accounting simulator and the zoo level and um i've watched a couple videos of his and read some theories on the subreddit so uh, being how interesting that game is um, I'm quite curious to see where this one goes because they've made some very, very interesting games. 
Yeah, I mean, their name is Squanch Games, so we can only imagine what that even means. (laughs) (laughs) Squanchy very much. Good lord. (laughs) Haley, go squanch yourself. I don't know how I should actually take that, so I'm concerned. Yeah, it's like... Oh no, that was a compliment. You're supposed to say thank you. Squanch yourself as well. Come on, everyone knows that. I I see. I'm not going to say anything. But, not talking about Rick and Morty anymore, have you guys seen Bloodstain Ritual of the Night? This is a lot more intense than Rick and Morty, so the humor just went down. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, this is probably my big one for the month, is Bloodstain. I've been waiting for this game for a long time. Mike, did you pledge $3,000 to the Kickstarter? I wish. Okay. <laughs> what What do you get if you pledge 3000 You can't just the ask highest him. And then... tier, okay, so I asked him that because it says there's no rewards uh, available any longer. For 3000 you the development team will turn your pet or an animal of your choice into an in-game enemy. Includes everything from the $750 tier, enemies subject to developer approval, plus $30 for international shipping. Now, there's a $10,000 pledge. Join IGA on an adventure in Japan. Meet with IGA for a dinner at a horror-themed restaurant and play games with him on a live stream. You get a silver ring of IGA, an 8-inch bloodstained glass... Uh, ancestral bloodline in-game portrait and everything in the $750 tier but your travel and accommodations aren't included. Now in the $750 tier you get a special, you get to leave a special message in the credits Um, messages are subject to approval you get a huge print uncovering the secrets of the castle's interior a collector's box with a slipcase autographed by Koji. I'm not even going to pronounce that last name because I'll blotch it and I don't want to offend anybody. With... Igarashi. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Igarashi. Insert that there. And the soundtrack CD case signed by the person who did the soundtrack. Um, and then you also get a shirt, a poster, uh, the custom collector's box box, the soft cover art book, a digital copy of the game, a physical copy of the game, you get all like 500 different copies of the game and a whole bunch of other shit. Like 9 times out of 10 it just says refer to other tier because that's what you get. So where do I sign up for the $10,000 one? Uh, their Kickstarter. Which Is that still available? Uh... No, it ended like a few years ago. Ah. <sighs> yes. Well, the the estimated delivery was March of 2017. Wow, so he's already gone that on that date. If anyone's done it, yeah. Oh, right? I'm sure people did it. I don't. It says. Let me scroll back up really quickly. It says limited three backers, but it doesn't say that it's out. The funding period was from May 11th, 2015, to June 12th. 2015 yeah so this is basically already over i'm just so surprised that you know these people bought this game back in 2015 and wait 
Isn't this like the re-release though? Didn't he like? Didn't he like? Re didn't they redo everything? Um, they delayed the game, and they redid the art style completely. Yeah. So like, people people have been waiting four years for this fucking game. Yeah, that's that's why I'm like excited because it's finally coming out. I've been waiting for years, you know. So that's why this one. That's why I got a huge boner for this one. It says, Plus, I, it says Bloodstain I mean, comes to Wii U. Who still plays the Wii U? <laughs> oh, they canceled that in the Vita version. Oh, okay, great. I was gonna, you know, because I love uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which was one of you know Igarashi's big projects that he's done, hmm. and that's what yeah. this looks like. Is the, well, that's basically what it is: is a spiritual successor of Symphony of the Night, which I played who knows how many times since it came out i was a little kid when that came out so this one is definitely like you know i've had my eye on it for years and i'm glad it's finally coming out so did you play uh curse curse of the moon is that yes yes so is there any relation like is this a a sequel or anything uh curse of the moon was a prequel ah okay okay interesting yeah so like I mean, I think I had heard of Curse of the Moon when it came out, but I never really looked into it. But Bloodstained absolutely caught my eye, like, out of nowhere. I, I definitely haven't been following it nearly as long as Mike has, but shit, it, I, I'm, I feel like I'm in the same boat with Mike when I go, this is probably the big game of the month. It. Definitely, the new art style that they changed to caught my eye. It's not something I would ever think to play, but it looks really fucking cool. I've never, I don't know if I've ever played a Metroidvania game all the way through, but like, I, I, I kind of want this one to be my first one. Like, I just, there, there was a quote that, um, yeah, in one of the interviews with uh, Koji Igarashi, um, where he talks about how uh, the interviewer asked, like, what distinguishes this game from the Castlevania series, which Igarashi, as Mike said, worked heavily on. And he answers with the shard system. Now, I tried to do a little bit of research on that, but I ended up on the wiki page, and as the game's not released yet, there wasn't a lot of information. But from what I understand, it was almost like an add-on to the RPG system, you know, different weapons and armors and whatnot, but basically just customizable special moves, um, similar to how, like, didn't Alucard have, like, a set number of spells in Symphony of the Night? Yeah, he had a bunch of spells you were able to input and use. Yeah, so this shard system, it reminded me a little bit of the system in Aria of Sorrow where, like, you killed an enemy and then you got their power or whatever, but I don't know if it exactly works like that or if it's totally different. Like, I guess I don't know how to obtain these shards, but that, to me, you know, it, it could be something that distinguishes itself from Castlevania. Um, because, like, because, yeah, like, Aria of Sorrow, is that the one where... I oh, fucking, I don't know. Stupid point. Uh, yeah, do you know? Aria and Sorrow. I'm trying to remember which one that was. It was on the Game Boy. Okay, was that the one on the Game Boy? Yeah, where you play the white-haired guy. 
Don't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know any more yeah, about okay, this? Yeah, it was on the Game Boy Advance. Right, right. Do you know any more about this shard system, Mike? Um, not much. I know that there is like a crafting system. I think that's what it is. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I did read about that. That seems pretty cool. I don't. I don't think there's crafting in Castlevania. Like that's no, kind of weird. Which is, you know, kind of setting this game apart. Yeah, and you know, to I guess setting it apart, but uh, also you know, keeping it to its roots. Um, Igarashi, one of the last things in the interview that he said that really kind of spoke to me was, you know, they're making this game to show that quote what was fun back then is definitely fun now and like yeah i castlevania has always been that kind of genre that kind of i mean it essentially is a genre at this point yeah that like it's the test of time there have been dozens of castlevania games there have been dozens of metroidvania spinoffs that are extremely popular look at hollow knight like that's a metroidvania pretty much not to the same extent as Castlevania, obviously, but it's just like I definitely agree with that statement. And I and just based off that alone, yeah, like Castlevania is a classic. Like yeah, how could yeah. how, how could this not do well? You know. Well, I and, mean, it got five million dollars. That's the other thing, dude. Can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk about how they they had asked originally for five hundred thousand and got five million? It just goes back to, like you said, you know, Castlevania is, that's a video game staple. So, you know, a Castlevania game hasn't come out in a while. So this is kind of, you know, sating people's appetite for a good Castlevania game. And honestly, it could not have come at a better time. I'm, I don't, I'm, every bit that I watch of this game, it just oozes style. It just, I just, I, I want to play it. Like, I want to play it right now. You know, which is weird though, because again, I'm, I guess I'm not really a huge, could this fucking, I'm not like a huge fan of Metroidvania games. And that's only, I guess, because I haven't really spent too much time with them, but I want, I want this one to take my Castlevania, my Metroidvania virginity, you know, (laughs) you want this one to pop your cherry. Yeah, you know, I've never uh, never gotten all the way through. Like, I played a little bit of Aria Sorrow on Game Boy Advance, but I got lost, and that was the end of it for 12-year-old Brennan, you know? It's just, you got lost, and that was it. But now, now I'm 23, so hopefully I can figure shit out. I'm quite curious to know if anyone has received any of their shit from backing this game yet. Hmm. Be, like, oh. just because it's taken so fucking long, like, have they... Okay, so June 6th, 2019, it says, Reward Preview, a look at the slipcase and shirt. It took four years to get a t-shirt. <laughs> Jeez. Four. Yeah, like... um, you know, it's been a long time. It's one of those things where I kind of, like, for a year forgot about this game, as <laughs> much as I was excited for it. For about a year, it was just kind of, you know, on the radar, but kind of in the back of my mind, just because it was taking so long. Dude, that's like getting a package that you forgot about, you know? It's just like you just buy something, and then like a year later, just a package comes to your door, and you're like, holy shit, I forgot about that! 
It's awesome. <laughs> Somebody in the comments was like, hold on, I can't find it now. They said something like, you canceled my version, my platform of choice and didn't offer me a refund. So I'm hoping to sell my download code and get my money back. I wonder if it was the Wii U or the Vita. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They probably had it for the Wii U or the Vita. Like, I under I can understand why you're pissed off, and I didn't back this, so I don't know if they offered them the option to switch to a different platform, which would make sense to do. Um, they did. Cancel? Um, so, like, why are you still bitching about it? Like, that's my thing. Like, the Wii U's fucking outdated AF. Like, it, it's in nobody's interest to put a game on that anymore. I mean, I'm unsure why they canceled the Vita version, because I know a lot of people still play games like this on the Vita, um, and visual novels are extremely popular on the Vita. So, I'm curious as to why they canceled that as well, but they're bringing it to the Switch, the PS4, I think. Like, why not... Why not just be happy about those? Why are you going to bitch about literally consoles that aren't even in production anymore? Yeah, um, I remember them sending out that email, though. You could have switched. If you backed the Wii U or the Vita version, you were able to switch to the um one of the other ones. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be kind of dumb not to offer that. Yeah. yeah. I think people are just bitching to literally bitch. Oh, yeah, they always are. And you also have to imagine that maybe, you know, this guy is like Mike, right, where they've been waiting for like four years, and then to just, I don't know, but still, get over yourself. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck like, you. I mean, it's just you're you're bitching about old shit. I can understand if this game was coming out in like 2016, back then, and them canceling it, and you being pissed off, and then it comes out, but it, there's no room for those consoles in this day and age. Nobody's buying those games. It's in no one's interest to make a game for those platforms. Well, I mean, didn't that wouldn't it have also started around the time when like the Wii U was probably more popular? It did. Yeah. So that also kind of like makes sense. It's like, all right, yeah, well, we're just gonna trash this because no one's gonna use this anymore. Everyone's bought a Switch at this point, so why even bother? Just put all that money towards the Switch port. Out when they started kick, when they kickstarted this, I can't imagine that it was. If it was four years ago, then definitely not. Let me go back to the updates. They announced it. Sorry, it's taking me a hot minute. Gotta scroll. Uh, that, March twenty first, two thousand seventeen. So two years. After the Kickstarter happened. Wait, the update for them to switch? Yeah. To the Switch? It says, um, development update Bloodstained for Nintendo Switch. Okay, so then that was, I think, a couple months, or maybe like a year after the Switch came out. Right? That was 2016, right? So, uh, no, the Switch, Switch came out in no, 2017. 2017, no, you're right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was, when did you say that was? When, March when was the 2017. Yeah, oh, that was... That's, like, right when the Switch came out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So then, fucking, yeah, that's why. Guy's an idiot. Let's, yeah, okay, exactly. fucking, oh, let's, let's take a step back for a second. <laughs> this guy's complaining that 
this console of choice was taken out, but didn't realize that, like, that's not their fault, man! Literally, it was replaced with the next-gen version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Like, that, well, for example, that's like Ubisoft. Ubisoft made the one that happens in Paris. Oh, um, shit. They, they made that one, I'm pretty sure, for PS3. Did they make that one for PS3? I don't remember. Or was that I, Black I, Flag? Uh, I think... Oh, fuck. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure Unity was on PS4. Black Flag, I think that came out on Xbox. I'm pretty sure one of them. Whichever fucking one. I know Ubisoft made... They made one game, I'm pretty sure, for PS4. And then they made the Templar game for PS3. But then they had one game that was for both of them. And stuff like that is sort of in your interest to do. Um, because that was kind of Rogue. There we go. I don't think Rogue Rogue came out recently for PS4. Whatever, anyway. Um, it's in your interest to make games for both consoles when the, the year's about to turn into that new generation. Except... They weren't even close to being done with this game when the Switch came out. So, of course it's not in their interest to keep the Wii U as a platform that they're going to make it for. If it was already in development and like close to being finished, of course. Sure, whatever. Companies do that already. For example, fucking Assassin's Creed. But, you know, it's it's taken them three years past that date, two or three years past that date, there's no reason why they would even think about making it for the Wii U anymore. I mean, if the guy backed the Vita version, I understand. Yeah. But if he backed the Wii U version, yeah, he should have got it on a different system. I feel like, though, the thing with the Vita is, is like, it's not as big as, say, the Switch. Oh, oh yeah, so, it's dying out. Yeah, so I I can understand that too. Like maybe they'll maybe they'll port it in the future, but I can understand like if it's not of no interest to them at the same time. Hmm. So the guy's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who who yeah, whose comment that was? You're long just story short. Sorry, random internet guy, but you're a moron. Pretty sure we talked more about that guy's comment than we had about the, the actual video game. games. Okay, let, let's uh, let, it's let's, all, let's move on. It's all related. Speaking yeah. of speaking of things that are related, Mario Maker Two. Bum bum bum. If you can't piece it together, sorry. It's a side-scrolling platformer slash game creation system, hence the Mario Maker, um, developed and published by none other than Nintendo, with a release date of June 28th on none other than the Switch. How do we feel about this one? Uh, I like playing levels people create. I myself don't like making levels, so I'm kind of like in the middle. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I feel like I'd be in the same boat. I would just want to play the best levels. Because otherwise I'd spend hours making a shitty level and then that would be it. 
Exactly. I like I I didn't have a Switch for a while. Um but my friend did and I played on his Switch and it it was fun. I've never really been big into Super Mario, so I like didn't really care for it cuz I was like I'd play a couple of levels and then just be like okay, I'm bored. Mm. Yeah. So like from what I've gathered there's actually a story mode in this one. Bum, or... bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know exactly how that works, um, but I just remember reading that it essentially makes you pretty much go through certain levels, um, and that, that sounds dumb. But it, there's some kind of story mode here. I don't know exactly how it works, but to me that adds value in that you're not just playing it to just play a couple levels and then get bored. You're trying to unlock something, have some sense of progression, um, something. And well, I think that a story mode there would be kind of cool. Or they could be doing what Little Big Planet did, where it had a story mode and it kind of showed you, you know, how to make stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's, and honestly, for someone maybe like you or I who maybe don't like making the levels, I feel like having that kind of reference point of I'm not going to take someone else's that's already been made, but like maybe I'll take some influence from the story mode levels. I think yeah. that that would be kind of interesting or, you know, make an add on to a story level, anything, anything. It's more of a jumping off point than just a blank slate or having to use someone else's. This yeah. is like, this is a game that I did not expect to get a two or any sort mm. of follow-up game because I was like, okay, you, it's just a level builder. That's literally all it is. Like, why? What could they possibly add to it to make a second game? I think it's just because the first one was on the Wii U, so now they're trying to put it on the Switch. Mm. Makes sense. And like, apparently, they're adding like online multiplayer, which. Could definitely be very interesting, and it looks like they're adding like new blocks, um, and things like that. So, I, I I think it's cool. Is it something I'm going to to purchase? Definitely not. I don't really care for Super Mario, um, but I get what they're doing, and I like it. Yeah, for me, this one's like I said, it's kind of on the back burner. Um, cause I'll probably play it for a few days, get bored and then just never touch it again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never, I've never played, I've never played Super Mario Maker, the first one. Um, I enjoy Mario as a platformer, you know, I, it's a, it's, it's a staple, but I don't know. I, I never felt the need to have an endless supply of levels, I guess. Um, you know, like the whole point of the the whole point of playing a Mario game and going through all the levels is that so that it, it eventually finishes and you could say I I beat the game, mm-hmm. but I never really got the point of endless Mario levels. I mean, unless you would make them like ridiculously hard, but then at that point you're just playing Super Meat Boy, right? So like I don't I don't know. And and the the other hesitation that I have is yeah, it has online multiplayer. But that's only with randoms. Like you can't, you you if your friend lives down the street and you're both playing Super Mario Maker Two, you can't play with him. You're just connected with randoms Stupid. because 
Yeah, because Nintendo made like competitive leaderboards, and they, according to them, they don't want people screwing up the leaderboards by just having your friends, you know, just set these records for you or whatever. Um, and that kind of sucks. I know that that's not really something that I feel like I would personally use too much if I were to buy the game because I don't have friends. Um, that would be great if I had some, but I don't. And they all live, and if I had any, they all live really far away. So I effectively can't play this game with them. And that sucks. Fucking, like, how do you, how do, you do couch co-op? <sighs> too far away to sit on your couch. You're right, like, oh, that's frustrating. And I feel like Nintendo never knows what the hell an online system is, you know? Like, they can't even hammer out Smash's online shit. Why are they, why are they doing this? More, yeah. Like, that's, that's the one thing I think they don't understand is that, like, if you're playing online, you're playing with your friends. Nine times out of ten, you don't want to play with random people. You want to play with your friends that are down the street, that are sitting on your couch, that are available right then and there, rather than playing with a bunch of people that you don't fucking know. Yeah, and like, and I get that it's not, it's not like it's a central part of the game, you know? It's not like the game's shoving it down your throat, like, you have to play with randoms, you have to play multiplayer. It's because, I don't... I don't even know if the first one had multiplayer to any extent. I don't think, like I don't remember the multiplayer. No? Alright, so... Yeah, it's obviously not core mechanic of their gameplay, so I feel like it might be a little nitpicky, but I still feel like that's, you know, that that, that kind of sucks, especially if you're playing Mario Maker and you want to play f- level, you want to make levels that your friends can play, but you can't play with them. That's just but- a little jarring. That's the thing, though, is they are advertising, you know, the whole multiplayer thing. And then you find out you're most likely going to be just paired with a bunch of random people. Yeah, I've, you know, maybe if they were more upfront about that in the beginning and were like, you know, we're, we're, we want this to be somewhat competitive. So we, we want these leaderboards to be up and we don't want them to be tampered with. Fine, fine. But yeah, like you said, finding out through news articles is just, Again, kind of jarring. It's like, Nintendo, come on. Figure this online shit out, please. I still don't... I hate friend codes, dude. (laughs) I know, they're annoying as hell. Like, why? Why are they still there? We're running a little short on time. So, let's quickly go over how everyone feels about these three games that we talked about this month. Haley, why don't you kick it off? Okay, uh, Trover Saves the Universe. Ooh, let's let's put that as a try it. It seems interesting. I'll probably watch it first. Maybe wait until it goes on sale. But I definitely want to play that at some point. Um, Bloodstained? Ooh, same. Just because I'm not really big on the the style of game it is um but i think that'd be really cool on switch so i might wait until it comes out on switch because my ps4 has 50 layers of dust on it and super mario maker uh just deny it because 
I, I don't have anybody to play with, and I have absolutely zero interest in building any sort of levels for that game. Right on. Mike? Traverse Saves Universe is a deny it for me. Um, yeah, it's too much for how much content you're getting. So, mm. Bloodstain is a definite buy it for me. Like I said, um, I'm really excited for this one. I got mine on the Switch, so... I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer, but that's fine with me. And Super Mario Maker, I'm sitting, I was sitting here thinking about it. I think I'm going to have to say deny it. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm very much going to say something similar to what the both of you said. Um, Trover is is a maybe. It is is definitely a try it for me. Um, with with the price and the length of the game being my main hesitance um but definitely interested to see what justin roland can do on his own um bloodstained i think is an absolute buy i just the amount of passion that has gone into this project the amount of both within the developers um specifically the producer koji agarashi and just the community in general uh, is just overwhelming so I think that that's going to be a buy it. And I think that everyone's going to love that one, but Mario maker two, I'm going to have to also just flat out kind of deny it. I'm not a fan of not having the option to play with your friends online. And yeah, without any kind of, without a legitimate narrative based story mode, I don't really see me playing Mario over and over and over until I can't. So. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate that you stuck around to the end. Um, hit that bell and that... Oh, wait. Wrong wrong thing. <laughs> Go follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at GameLuster. Go check out our Instagram. Check out our YouTube page. Check out our actual website. That would be cool. Yeah, read some articles. Read some, oh, read yeah. some articles. Wow. Listen to our Buy It, Try It, Deny It pop. Oh, wait. That too. You're already doing that. Hey, Game Luster fam squad. Thanks for enjoying our podcast. And we hope you come back for the next Buy It, Try It, or Deny It podcast. Until then, stay cool. Thanks, guys. Stay frosty. That too.